0: hi everyone i'm dr jessica i'm your host of this podcast the spanning chronicles living with a vestibular disorder this podcast is just me sharing my journey with a vestibular disorder and how i have been able to heal I also share healthcare knowledge in regards of all the vestibular disorders out there. And I also invite my listeners to be part of my podcast, to share their experience so we can all shed some hope and give some light to everybody out there who is suffering with a vestibular disorder. So I hope everybody who is new enjoy this podcast and those who have been listening to me for a while, welcome back. So let's get to it. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Jessica, and welcome to another episode of The Spinning Chronicles, living with a vestibular disorder. I know that I keep saying I'm going to try to do an episode every week, but life is life. I can't control what happens throughout the day. And I've been trying so hard to find somebody um, that has been diagnosed with cervicogenic dizziness. I have reached out to multiple people. Nobody reached out back to me, but I had one person that was Really excited to be part of it and share her story and her journey. And her name is Stephanie. So, Stephanie, how are you today?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I am good. So, yeah, I try to reach so, so many people <laughs> to talk about cervical genetic dizziness. And you were the only one, so I'm excited to interview you.
1: I'm good. I'm glad I can help out.
0: That's great. Uh, so, Stephanie, tell me a little bit about yourself uh, without getting into the details of how you were diagnosed um, like who you are what do you do etc stuff like that
1: um, well I am a mom of three beautiful kids they keep me quite busy um, I used to be a personal trainer uh, but ever since being di- diagnosed with cervicogenic dizziness and having to deal with that I kind of had to put that off um, so now I'm just kind of a stay-at-home mom figuring life out and kind of going from there
0: and you're from 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 where? You
1: said you were. Oh, I'm from I'm from Idaho, Boise, Idaho.
0: Idaho. Yeah, I was asking her earlier if Idaho's the potato state because I always get confused with <laughs> Iowa. Iowa's the cheese state, right? Something like that.
1: I don't know. I don't know anything about I Iowa. Have,
0: <laughs> I know about Idaho because my husband loves potatoes and he grows his own. And he oh, goes, nice. "Ooh, I should become a potato farmer."
1: Yeah. <laughs> <go> <laughs> he would flourish here.
0: Oh god, he, we have like so many potatoes in the backyard because of it. <laughs> oh funny. god. Um so how long you've been battling with your cervicogenic then uh, cervicogenic dizziness diagnosis?
1: Um so well, the whole issue started in the end like September 2018 and it took about nine months for me to get diagnosed with it.
0: Oh wow. So I started in 2018 you said?
1: Yeah, September 2018. And what did
0: what was your first symptom
1: that you said, oh, this is not um,
0: what I'm supposed to be having. This is not right.
1: Well, I, I usually sleep on my stomach a lot and keep my head turned. And um, one day I just had gotten up and I felt not like a spinning vertigo, but like something just didn't feel right. I was like really dizzy. Things were just looking really weird for me. And it kind of continued on through the day. Well, I ended up taking myself to the emergency room. They didn't really help me much there. Um, yeah, and then I ended up going to my primary care provider, and it kind of all started from there. Not really sure where. She didn't even know where to start.
0: So when you went to the emergency room, what did they do any testing on you, or...?
1: Um, They did a CT scan to make sure that I didn't have an artery dissection in my neck just because – and I kind of had to push for that just because I knew something was not right. I was like – it was such an uncomfortable feeling, like blurred vision, um, felt like oxygen was being cut off. emergency room, they didn't – they just told me that I had vertigo, and I knew that it wasn't vertigo. Nothing around me was spinning. Um, I just – I did not feel okay. I felt – really out of it.
0: And which is which is frustrating because um there's a lot of a misconception about dizziness and and, and vertigo and, and I tell this all the time in my podcast and I tell this a lot to a lot of healthcare providers that I speak to. Um vertigo is not a diagnosis, vertigo is a symptom. And mm-hmm. there is not that much knowledge about vestibular disorders because they all look alike. So yeah. when you went when you went to your primary care doctor, um, it's a she or a he? It's a she. So what does she, she tell you in regards of your symptoms and all that?
1: Well, she asked me pretty much the same thing that you ER always telling me I had vertigo. And, she, and I told her I was seen at the hospital. She pulled the records and she's like, oh, it looks like you had a little bout of vertigo. Let's go ahead and do the Epley maneuver. And I'm like, okay, you can try it, but this is not what I'm feeling. Um, so she tried it. Didn't work. and then she's from there like my I have a really good primary care physician, but I you sometimes you just have to advocate for yourself if you know something's Mm -hmm. not right you can't just settle for them to being like well this is what it is and you're just gonna have to live with it um so I told her I was like we need to have some testing done so she sent me for an MRI of my neck and my head um since I had a CT scan in the hospital and that was fine she had me do an EEG for three days to make sure I wasn't having seizures and I told her I wasn't but you know, every step is great, I guess. Um, And then she sent me to an ENT after that. And honestly, the ENT diagnosed me in five minutes and sent me to physical therapy.
0: And what did he say, tell you that you had?
1: He told me, well, when I sat down within five minutes, I was telling him every symptom I have. And he's like, well, I think I know exactly what you have. And it's not coming from your inner ear. He's like, you have cervicogenic dizziness. It's a rare thing. Nobody really talks about it. He's like, but I can guarantee that's what you have. And you need to go see a physical therapist who specializes in cervicogenic dizziness. So that's the next route we're going to take. So
0: I know that you said you you didn't have no vertigo, no nothing. It was just dizziness and brain fog. Did you have like loss of balance? Oh, yeah.
1: Loss of balance. Um, Sometime when it got really bad, I would sit and watch TV and mm-hmm. movement on the TV would make me feel like that falling feeling that you get. Yeah. Um, watching my kids run in the living room. I remember I was sitting in the living room and I was watching them through the, the window in the living room outside playing in the water. And all of a sudden I got motion sick because I felt like I was falling. And I was like, well, that's weird. Um, yeah, it was bad. Split second dizziness. I mean, I guess I could have like about a cervical, like a little bouts of cervical vertigo, but the room didn't actually spin. I just felt like I was kind of walking tilted.
0: Mm -hmm. You know what I mean?
1: Or like I said, that falling feeling was probably one of the worst and lights, lights do it. TV was doing it. Um, moving, driving in a car. I was fine. But once I stopped, I was like feeling sick to my stomach. Like I was still swaying.
0: And it's crazy that you say that because your symptoms sound a lot like a lot of the vestibular disorder symptoms out there. Um, Mm -hmm. I have binocular vision dysfunction, which my eyes don't team up together, but Mm -hmm. I had the same symptoms as you. Like, I felt like I was falling. um, I felt like I was walking tilted. uh, My eyes were blurry. I was seeing double. Sometimes I couldn't see well through my left eye. Um, So there's a lot of symptoms that mimic um, a lot of uh, the vestibular disorders out there, but mm-hmm. did you had did you notice that if you moved your neck, your pain your dizziness would get worse?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, at all? Yeah.
0: Yeah, because um I know that for cericogenic dizziness when people move their neck themselves, it triggers the dizzy spells. Oh yeah. They used to yeah, they used to call it cervicogenic vertigo, but they took the vertigo out because not everybody uh, presents with that vertigo like you. You didn't have mm-hmm. no spinning, no nothing. You just had the dizziness.
1: Yeah. So when I went to when he uh, referred me over to the physical therapy, they made me go through a vestibular testing first Mm -hmm. just to make sure. And she's like, oh, yeah, like you your balance is fine. Like everything looks good on my end. I'm going to have you go over to this gal. She specializes in it. And she broke it down for me. She's like a lot of people get cervicogenic dizziness from concussions and whiplash, et cetera. She's like, or there's some people who legitimately have the cervicogenic dizziness that comes from overturning your neck is what she said I did. So I am no longer a stomach sleeper and that thumbs me out, but, um, <laughs> that was hard to get used to, but I, know. I have the true form of it. And, you know, over time, the first time I saw her, all the exercises I did helped me tremendously. I got back in the gym. I was kind of doing my thing again. And then it came back full for full force, but even worse. It was a lot of my neck was causing some visual um, vertigo, like visual dizziness. Mm-hmm. So then I had to see a physical therapist and an ortho or an occupational therapist for my vision.
0: For, for the vision, you saw a occupational therapist? A therapist, yeah.
1: And she told me with cervicogenic dizziness, especially when your neck is getting tight, um, like your SCM muscle, Mm-hmm. Um, or like your trapezius or like the behind your shoulder, when that gets tight, she's like the, the muscles, when they get tight, they can affect your inner ear and they can affect your eyes and your, and it all connects with your brain. And she's like, you know, you look to the left or you're like, when you turn to the left or turn to the right, my brain is two seconds behind. And that's why I'm getting those falling feelings.
0: Yeah. Um, because I know that for the muscles of the neck, especially the SCM, The SCM is a big proprioceptor muscle and also controls your balance. But it's weird mm-hmm. that for your eyes, they sent you for an occupational therapist because normally they will send you to a narrow optometrist. So what did the occupational therapist do for you for your eyes?
1: She, she put me on a bunch of, um, vision therapy exercises and they were very uncomfortable exercises, but she said, it was, it, I was retraining how my eyes and my brains were, was working together and it worked. It was uncomfortable. Some days it would make me feel sick, but it worked. Oh, wow. Because I know I,
0: I get vision therapy specifically for my uh, binocular vision dysfunction. And yeah. this is the first time I've heard that an occupational therapist can help you with that too. Yeah, is this, this is like a specialized occupational therapist that just does that or? or-
1: um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know if she specifically specializes in it, but her and the gal who specializes in cervico, dis- it cervicogenic dizziness work together in the office and um, whatever they do together, it works. And I would have to break it up. So, like, at the beginning of the day, I could either do my physical therapy exercises, mm-hmm. and then I'd have to wait three hours before I could do my visual therapy because doing it back-to-back will just throw you off completely. Oh, yeah, no.
0: It will destroy. It will destroy yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as a, you st- are you still a personal trainer
1: still? Um, I'm slowly getting back into things, yes.
0: Yep. And how this affected you as a personal trainer because I used to be a personal trainer myself before I decided to become a doctor and mm-hmm. as personal trainers we are really in tune with our bodies and what works what doesn't work how mm-hmm. did that took a toll on your emotional health because all these vestibular disorders besides affecting your physical also oh affect your emotional
1: yes so my anxiety was terrible I was depressed I couldn't do anything I felt like a hermit in my home because I was too afraid to go anywhere do anything you know and and me working out was my was good for my mental health you know and I I'm sure a lot of people can um relate to this that deal with any type of vestibular issue or or whatnot but your mental health goes down the crapper and you feel like there's there's nothing left to do at this point um, I was constantly anxious. I was scared of each day because I was becoming frightened of the symptoms that I was having and feeling like I was never going to have my life back. And this was just a really, really crappy situation.
0: And you have also three kids. So how did that yeah. affect it? Um, your family? This It also affects the family as well.
1: Oh, yeah. I We never did anything. You know, I would let them go outside and and play outside. And, you know, there are days where you just kind of have to push through. And I think the most, the hardest part was for me is watching them not be able to go to the park or not be able, me taking them here or there. I couldn't drive them to their friend's house because I didn't ever feel good. Um, that was the hardest part for me because like you said, it does affect your family. Luckily I'm in a relationship with a man who is, very supportive and understanding even though he doesn't know exactly what I'm going through. So that's really helpful. Um, but yeah, it was hard. Really And,
0: hard. and um, I know that it affected your emotional health, like everybody, cause everybody gets depressed, gets anxiety. Mm-hmm. I specifically never had a history of anxiety and depression. Um, mm-hmm. I did get depressed during my whole thing. Cause my symptoms, I didn't get no relief until like a year and like a year in. I had symptoms twenty four seven. I still do, but I'm um, I'm able to live my normal life as mm-hmm. I, almost almost as I used to. Um, yeah. How? Let me see. What was I gonna ask? How does? How did you overcome that obstacle of having that that anxiety? Because I overcome it with what's it called tough love for my husband. Um, mm-hmm. But some people still stay stay in that anxiety loop. But how did you over, overcome that? If you ever did.
1: Um, well, I mean, I still have anxiety now. It lingers. Like today, I'm kind of having a little bit of symptoms today, but that's just because my neck's a little tight from how I slept. But Mm -hmm. how I get through, how I've even gotten through it is knowing that, you know, each day that I wake up, I'm breathing, I'm alive, I have another chance, and I just have to continue to work on myself and figure out ways to live with this. Because, you know, take the good days over the bad days, you know, really appreciate those good days. Um. You know, and don't be so hard on yourself when you are having a bad day.
0: Yeah, which is we tend to linger when we have those bad days.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, we We don't
0: we don't take we don't take we don't appreciate the good days. We just linger on those bad
1: days. Exactly. And that's what I was doing at the beginning is I was so terrified of every single day because of how I was feeling and feeling very defeated that I would just let that linger. And I wouldn't like you said, you just you seem to linger into the bad day. So you don't realize that, oh, maybe I had a few hours yesterday. That was actually a good day, you know, and I still get symptoms if I'm not, um, on top of doing those exercises. Um, Mm -hmm. especially when I'm starting to have symptoms, it can become worse. Um, I mean, I still have lingering symptoms here or there like today, but you just have to learn to push through. Like I make myself go on walks. I make myself work out. I don't lift as heavy anymore. There's certain exercises I can't do that I love, but I learned to work around my life to what's going to make me feel okay.
0: Yeah, which is true. Um, what type of exercises, if you don't mind me asking, you can't do now?
1: Um, I can't do squats like uh, with the barbell on my back. I have to do them with like a dumbbell um, mm-hmm. between my leg, like, like a goblet squat. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I cannot do deadlifts anymore. I can't do hip thrusts anymore. I can't do any uh, upper body overhead, anything. I can't work my back really anymore because those tighten me so badly, even if I stretch afterwards, that I will be in a, can't do any like overhead, anything. If I do anything overhead, I will be in a really bad spot.
0: Yeah. So um, have you been able to go back to the gym and work out or are you just working out at home?
1: Um, I do both. I actually went to you the gym both? yesterday. Yeah, I'll do okay. whatever whatever my body is um, feeling. I do. I have learned over time not to be so hard on myself that I wasn't where I was almost three years ago. But I'm feeling I feel blessed every day.
0: And this questions I get asked constantly. Are you taking any medications right now for your
1: cervicogenic dizziness? I am not and I never have. Good.
0: Yeah, because a lot of people ask um, about medications. I've never had. I only took Meclizine at the beginning when they gave it to me at the hospital. Mm -hmm. And my ENT said, don't take it no more. Stop it. Throw it in the garbage. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Never taking anything.
1: No, I, you know, if anybody struggles some days just being really bad, the, the one thing that I've learned best is to just take the day, lay down and alternate with heat and ice and everybody everybody is different. Some people do better on heat. Some people de- do better mm-hmm. on ice. I do better with both. And I alternate throughout the entire day, and I just take it easy. I don't overexert myself. I do some neck stretches, and that's all I'll do. And what type of
0: treatment did you get for therapy for cervicogenic dizziness?
1: Um, I Just neck exercises to do. That's it neck exercises. Um, She told me to slowly start taking myself for walks because if I sit in one spot for too long, my body won't kind of readjust itself back to normal. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to force yourself to move through it. Um, The more you do it, the better you start to feel. Not to say every day is going to be the greatest, but it's better than standing still and just being in that symptom and not working through that symptom.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things that you have to push yourself through to walk, even even it's from your bed to the bathroom or to the bathroom, to the kitchen, because of that, if you don't move, your body won't be able to reset itself to balance, balance itself out. Yeah. Um, So I know that you have your kids and you have a partner that has been there to support you emotionally and all that. But at the beginning, when you had your symptoms, did you look for help in any support group or, or you just kept it to yourself?
1: I just kept it to myself. Um, You know, I kind of talked to my mom a little bit about it. She didn't really understand what I was going through. Um, I just did a lot of Googling. I'm telling you guys don't Google. (laughs) (laughs) Do not Google. It will make it worse. Um, I kind of just sat in my own issues. And, you know, I suffered for a couple months before I actually pushed myself to go to the doctor. I tried to just be like oh i'm just gonna wake up and it's gonna go away but it didn't go away
0: i think we all i think i think we all did that too because i remember when i had my first episode i went to the hospital i got no diagnosis i got a diagnosis for stress the first time i went to oh, the gosh. hospital um and i'm like well maybe if i sleep it off it's gonna be fine nope i didn't go away Yeah, um, but but yeah but i there's support groups out there um, that I see it all the time about um, vestibular disorders, like Facebook has one. Well, Facebook has a few, Uh, Mm -hmm. but vestibular disorder support group is one. Um, Vestibular Hope is another one. So if anybody out there needs a support group, you can find those too. Um, But yeah, like like Stephanie said, don't
1: Google. Uh-huh. Yeah, don't not Google. I do have to say between, you know, having to wait, because you know when your doctor sends an order to have this done and then you have to wait for the results and you have to go there, it could take some time. That Facebook you were talking about, there is one. It's called, if they look it up, it's Cervicogenic Dizziness. I'm actually a, the administrator of the thing now. So oh, really? So if you ever want to go on there, I will accept you. Yeah, that was helpful because I was able to get other suggestions from people. Yes. Um, the one thing to, remo- to remember when going in those groups, though, is some people will feel some things a lot differently than mm-hmm. you will. Um, some might be not as bad. Some might be worse. Just um, use that as a tool, but don't don't start getting these crazy ideas in your head that, that maybe that's what's wrong with me. You know, maybe that's what's going to happen to me. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's just my best advice for that. <laughs>
0: which is which is true because um, when I remember when I was at the beginning of of my journey with this, um, I was part of these vestibular disorder support groups because um, my first diagnosis was vestibular migraine. And I knew that's not what it was. Because mm-hmm. um, I didn't use Dr. Google. Um, I did Google, but not Dr. Google. I went to like specific journals to look for it. Um, and one of the things that you see in these support groups, which they, first of all, they're amazing. Mm-hmm. I tell that they're, they're really good for people who are looking for some help, or some clarification. Um, is what you said. Like everybody presents with different symptoms. What might work for Sally might not work for Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have people that are always so sad about the symptoms, and I completely understand that. Also, mm-hmm. that's another thing that you cannot dwell on that sadness and think like, "Oh, if Sally has not gotten any better in ten years, what I'm, what is going to happen to me?" I'm yeah thinking. That's another thing that happened to me a lot. Um, I think that's what got me into and in- in depression a little bit because I would read about these people I've had binocular vision dysfunction, vestibular migraine for 20, 15, 10 years, and nothing has helped. I've gotten worse over time. And that completely destroyed my emotional health completely. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. You feel like this is it, this is how my life's going to be. And I'm already miserable. What is it going to be like in five years? And like you said, I mean, you still have your days, you know, and I still have my days, but not everybody's the same. Yeah, no. And and specifically
0: when you're young, because I was diagnosed when I was 36, my first mm-hmm. episode. And I only have one child who's at the moment six. At that time, he was four. Yeah, he was four. So he wasn't the age that he wanted to go outside all the time and, and it's hard you know mm-hmm. and you you had you have three kids and and you were a personal trainer and people who don't know about personal training you depend on the amount of clients that you get if you don't have clients you don't eat you don't get paid yeah and you're constantly moving so that also affected your emotional health as well
1: oh yeah
0: 100% so how are you feeling at the moment where are you at at the moment with your journey
1: um i i i'm doing great I mean, like I said, I still have days. Today is one of those days where I'm feeling off, but I'm gonna go ahead and do some exercises. I'm actually gonna take myself on a hike. <laughs> um, oh, that's good. Yeah, but I mean, I feel I feel confident in it. I feel like I feel like I got the right help that I needed, and I know that a lot of people don't have that, and it does break my heart that people are still struggling. Doctors aren't listening to them, you know, breaking it down to oh, it's just anxiety and stress. You just need to fig. You just need to take some pills and get over it. Mm-hmm. That really makes me sad. It really does. I feel like not very many providers out there are familiar with it. But when you go on these Facebook groups and you see how many people are struggling with it, that's when you're like, dang, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry, I totally got off track, but I'm feeling confident. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling confident. Um, I, like I said, I have my days. My days are good, my days are bad. But at this point, I just. I strive to keep going. You know, I've grown a lot in my faith. I am, I am religious. I've grown a lot in my faith and I have faith. Everything's going to be all right.
0: That's good. Yeah. I, I was raised also religious. Um, Mm -hmm. and, but one of the things that did hit me hard was my ability to be normal. I want to say normal now with quote unquote, because Mm -hmm. right now this is my new normal. Um, the old me, my old normal self, uh, started to, to how do you say this? To doubt my faith and my religion because um, you, well, I've done everything right. I've been going to church. I mm-hmm. help the community. I give to the community. I donate. I volunteer. I work. I provide for my family. And then you think, but why me? God, why me? Mm-hmm. Right, so I got to that point that I doubted my religion and, and I doubted, like, I do everything right. Why are you punishing me? So that's one of the things that hit me hard. And and
1: yeah.
0: and it's hard because if you're religious, you know that you have yeah. a God and he always guides you through everything. And then this happens to you and it's like, what did I do to deserve
1: this punishment? Mm-hmm. I think what got me through that and just within the last year, because, you know, like we still struggle and stuff and, Just reminding myself that God's working every day, but the enemy's working just as hard. And he'll find any way, whether it's your health or your relationship or your job, whatever it may be, to do anything to distract you from, you know, God. And so, you know, it's times like these, like when we're hurting or when we're sad or when we have health issues, we're going to want to go to our our parents for it, you know. So I just learned to go to God, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's helped me kind of deal with it every day too. And we can't just sit and and dwell. You know, I know some people really cannot get out of bed. I've been there. I didn't want to get up. Every little symptom was just, uh, it's an uneasy feeling. And it's really hard too when you do have people around you and even people really close to you that just really don't understand. And they just think that you're complaining or you're making it a big deal. But really, you are suffering. It's an invisible illness. You know, if somebody had a broken leg walking down the street, people would be like, oh, man, I wonder what happened to them. I hope they're okay, you know. But yeah. you got us walking down the street and we're walking sideways or we look a little awkward because we don't feel good at the grocery store. They're just like, wow, what's wrong with that person, you know? It's because we are suffering just as much as the person with the broken leg, you know? Yeah, and they, they
0: people are quick to, um, to think about, like, oh, that person is walking sideways and lopsided or, oh what type of junkie mm-hmm. or what type of alcohol this person is, is on. This exactly. Must be. <laughs> the words that... aren't coming
1: out right. <laughs> you know, what are they on?
0: <laughs> and it's like, Oh God, like that happened to me in the beginning. I used to hold on to like the, to my husband's arm cause I was walking like weird or, and I always had like bad footing cause my problem is congenital. I was born this way apparently. Okay. Um, and I always tend to drift to the right side. So I have like a lopsided walk. Mm-hmm. Um, And now that I, when I got my, my first symptom, I was telling that to my husband, like, what are people going to think? And what am I on?
1: (laughs) Yeah, seriously.
0: Because nobody can see that I'm suffering. Like you said, I don't have a broken leg. Uh, I'm not in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Um, I just look normal. My face looks normal. My body looks normal. Pictures look normal, but the inside, my body is like, and soul is like so sad.
1: Yeah, it's um, screaming because it just is not, it's not correct. Something's not right. That's true. And and
0: and what I tell mostly to, to people that reach out to me, because um, a lot of people reach out in relation to vestibular disorder, is it's just don't listen to what people say. Mm-hmm. Um, because invisible illnesses, nobody are going to understand them. Not even doctors understand them. And I'm a doctor. Oh. Oh, and for no. me, it was so hard to wrap my head around my eyes, I'm giving me all these symptoms and it's like, what?
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. So the one thing that really just frustrates me is right at the very end when my doctor was like, I'm going to send you to an ENT because I really don't know what's wrong with you. And I think that you might just be having some anxiety that's causing some symptoms. Can anxiety heighten? your cervicogenic or vestibular system issues, absolutely, but that's not what's caught that's not what it is. It's the vestibular issue is causing the anxiety. You know, I feel like a lot of doctors are just so quick to be like, you know, I think you're just having really bad anxiety. You need to take some medicine and just find other ways, meditate. I even had a doctor I had a C one one time other than mine tell me to microdose with mushrooms. And I was like, that's the last thing I want to do right now. I already don't feel good. What are you saying? You know? So I just just hope that anybody out there that is listening to this, that is struggling to know that you're not alone. There are so many people out there and you just have got to not give up and advocate for yourself consistently until you find that person that will give you, you know, the exercises that you're needing or or whatever it may be that's going to help you, but just don't give up really just do not give up on yourself because there is light at the end of that tunnel. I promise.
0: Which is nice to hear because um, if somebody would have talked to me that way, when I first had my symptoms, I would have been had a complete mindset back then. Um, yeah. But that's the best advice you can give somebody. Cause that's what my, that, that was going to be my next question. What is your best advice you can give to somebody struggling with, with cervical cervicogenic dizziness Um, besides having faith and besides of not giving up, what else can you tell them about what to do?
1: Yeah, just keep on advocating. Just do not ever give up. There are answers. There are things that can help you. It's not just your anxiety. Don't let people convince you that it's just your anxiety, you know, Um, but just keep going. You know, I know some days are going to be a lot harder than others. I've had days, especially in the beginning, that I did not want to even get out of bed. I didn't want to eat. I didn't even want to go to the bathroom nor take a shower. It was so bad, but you just got to push through it and just keep going, and you will get relief. Whether that's, you know, in a year, which I know seems like forever. It took me about nine months, and that seemed like a freaking eternity. Mm-hmm. But there, there are, there is definitely light at the end of that tunnel. You just got to keep going.
0: That's great to and, hear, Stephanie. You're not
1: crazy. There's, you're not crazy. <laughs> I hate when people are like, "You're just too in your head." It's like, no, I'm not. Something is not right.
0: Which, which you hear all the time, though. That's even from people that you know, maybe it's all in your head. No, it yeah. is not. Yeah. Um, so, Stephanie, where people can find you on Instagram, um, if you don't mind sharing your your name on Instagram.
1: Yeah, it's um, going to be at SNVFIT, F I T T um, T. And if they have any questions at all, definitely my inbox is always open. I'm always willing to help anybody out as much as I can ever. I mean, and if you ever have any more questions for me too, um, just feel free to ask me as well.
0: Sure. And what is the name of the support group on Facebook that you're administrator
1: Um, administrator? It's if they just go to Facebook at the search, it's just called the cervicogenic dizziness.
0: Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Cause um, so they can reach out to you guys there as well and share their stories and, and look for some help there as well. Don't do <laughs> this alone. That's my best recommendation. I also give, don't do it alone. Yeah. Look for some help. There's always people out there that are willing to help and mentor Absolutely. you and, and go through this as well. Absolutely. Well, okay, Stephanie, thank you so much for sharing your story. Um, yeah. those, those who are listening, um, I promise I will try to make another episode soon. Just that when I start doing the research for these disorders, it takes me a little bit longer. Uh, but like as, like Stephanie said, if you want to reach her, she's in Instagram and she's also on Facebook. So you're more than welcome to reach out to her and she's more willing to help if anything. Okay. That's so good. I hope
1: you guys enjoyed this episode and talk to you guys soon. Bye.